Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. All we're doing is creating private industry that widens the gap between people who have and people who have not. It comes down, PJ, to a very simple rule of be a good neighbour, talk to your neighbours. And I'd say, because of bureaucracy, I cannot get work permits. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Happy Friday! Happy, happy Friday. Such a a lot of things happen this Friday. 30 sleeps to Christmas. Yeah, 30 sleeps to Christmas. Toy show night. It is toy show night. It's Black Friday. People are buying furiously since midnight for Black Friday deals. And it's also kind of one of the first Fridays where people get together and have a little bit of dinner party. We're going to have some fun with dinner parties during the morning. I want you to think about something for me. So you can have two dinner party guests, one male, one female. They can be living or dead, they can be fictional or real. So you might have Freddie Mercury and Wonder Woman. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So pick two dinner party guests. We'll talk about dinner parties later in the show. But pick two dinner party guests. Living or dead, fictional or not, one male and one female. 083 396 96 96. Some fun with that later on this morning. Plenty more to do besides our last go on the opinion line at the 10k toy giveaway is after 10, in or around half past 10. And I see Christmas songs in our future. A lot to do with four weeks till we finish up for the Christmas break. But first of all, to citizens being listened to. We've been told since the very start of all this bus connects crack and sustainable transport and this plan and that plan and the other plan. We've been told that citizens will be listened to. So if you don't like what you see in the plan, let your feelings be known and it will be listened to. There was a plan for a bridge over the Mangala and people were livid. The Mangala, a beloved wood, its proper name Bally Brack Woods, but everybody knows it as the Mangala. And as part of the plan, and look, it doesn't matter what plan it was. People, you can't remember from one day to the other which plan it was, but as part of a plan, there was to be a bridge, a big wide bridge running over the Mangala and people were not happy. Fine Gael, Councillor Shane O'Callaghan. It will not be happening now. Good morning. Morning, PJ. Happy Friday. And to you, sir. Um, this is a happy Friday for people who love the It Mangala. is a happy Friday. It is absolutely, PJ. It's fantastic. Um, we got confirmation on Wednesday that it will not, no, the proposed bridge over the Mangala will not now uh, form part of the, the Bus Connects plan. Um, so basically, just the background is, I would have facilitated a meeting between um, myself and, and representatives of Douglas Tidy Towns back in the summer and um, the deputy CEO of the NTA, Hugh Cregan, who's in charge of the whole Bus Connects project 
Mm. And um, at that meeting, we explained to him and to his officials how important the Mangala is to Douglas as a green space, as a nature and wildlife reserve, and as a public amenity for the people of Douglas, and how you know the proposed bridge in the Bus Connects plan would have a, a, a devastating impact on that. And on Wednesday, and look, in fairness, they they did listen to um, our what we had to say. I mean, he did say at the time, as what Hugh Cregan said at the time, that they weren't wedded to it, um, and he you know he allowed us to say that publicly, and uh, that they'd go back and look at it again. And on Wednesday, uh, myself and uh, the chairman of Douglas High Towns, Sean Leddy, and the treasurer of Douglas High Towns, Tara de Montfort, um, had a further meeting with Hugh Cregan mm. and the NTA. And basically, he said that following the concerns we raised at our initial meeting and by, you know, the concerns of, of the public, um, you know, through submissions and through, you know, the, the petition, which was organised by Nina O'Neill from Douglas Now, um, the NTA had decided that to drop the proposal yeah. and that it would not now form part of Bus Connects. So, I mean, it was fantastic news. It was what we were hoping for. Um, and, you know, it was, it, I mean, I suppose it's an example, PJ, of, of people power mm. in action and how that can win the day. It's also, I, I think, uh, an indication that actually, you know, which is what I've been trying to do all along, um, facilitating meetings between residents, groups, between local community organisations and the NTA um, actually does work yeah. because they do engage and they do listen. And in some cases, such as this, they actually are willing to make dramatic changes to the original proposal. Well, this is a, a concrete example of that because bus connects is, is a hot topic on the opinion line and every time it comes up someone has a problem with some element of it and I've had many an activist on like for example one man was on here with me uh, not too many weeks ago and he said his neighbour is looking at the prospect of a bus stop in his kitchen now it's probably a slight exaggeration but, but people right. were saying look, go back to them tell them why it's wrong tell them why it won't work and they will listen. Now there's a, as you know yourself Shane, there's a scepticism out there among people. Ah yeah, sure. Yeah, they will PJ, of course I listen. Was, I, was, I, I myself was extremely sceptical about the whole thing. I thought that the public, I just assumed actually that the public consultation process was a box ticking exercise. That they'd say, that they'd listen to people, they'd say oh yeah grand and then they'd drive on with the original plan. I, th- I have been pleasantly surprised, I have to say, and this is an example of it. And I think certainly activism and, you know, and, and you know, I have to pay tribute again to Douglas Hay Jones for their activism on it and to people like Nina O'Neill and Douglas Now for, for activism and for raising awareness of the issue. Uh, but also, I think there is a lot to be said for uh, what I've been doing is facilitating meetings between um, residents, residence groups, uh, community associations, etc., community groups and the NTA. And I'll give you an example. Another example we got on Wednesday. Mm. Um, I, we, I, I, I had another meeting. Um, basically, uh, there was a, there's a family in, in Frankfield, okay, in my area, that the original Bus Connects plan was, was they were literally going to take, I, I would say, the majority of their garden, both their front and back garden. This is a family now. It was their family home. They have, young, they have two small children. I mean, it was absolutely devastating the effect the proposal had on them. Mm. I facilitated a meeting between them and Hugh Cregan um, and the Bus Connects team back in in the summer. And on Wednesday as well, I had another meeting. I was quite busy on Wednesday with, with these meetings. But basically, Hugh Cregan, at a separate meeting with, with myself and the family, confirmed that they have actually changed the plan and now they're not going to take any of 
that, that family's garden. So, 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 so I mean, it, it went can from, be done. It went from the original plan taking, you know, uh, I would say the majority of it, to now taking none. Yeah. So that's, again, another dramatic change. And yeah. I think that, uh, I think, you know, as I say, I've been surprised and I'd like to commend them, for the Hugh Cregan and the NTA, for their willingness to engage, to listen and to make changes. Well, you know, say, we, we spend so much time, we spend so much time on this programme and other forums talking about national bodies and criticising them. Uh, this is one morning in which we must say, yes, they have and they do. Listen, if we can now get them to sort out John Spillane's cherry trees, we'll be laughing uh, and not have them <laughs> taken away. Shane, I'm delighted a member of the, as a member of the council. Isn't it brilliant? I forgot one thing in the list. A toy show, Black Friday, the toy glow. Show, yeah. Yeah, but which is, I suppose, one other one one small issue with it, uh, PJ, is that it's not the proposed bridge over the Mangala. If it had been part of Bus Connects, yes. it would have automatically gone straight to Munbord Panala. So the local council, yeah. the councillors such as myself, would have had no vote over it, no I say over it. Yeah, now that it's not going, uh, now that it's not part of Bus Connects, it won't go straight on board Panala. But it's not like there are, you know, there are elements of, you know, there are some officials in, in the council who still want it. Uh, to go ahead. Yes. So now it comes down to whether or not it'll go to a vote of the council, which I'd be pushing for, obviously, and, my, and I know my fellow councillors would, or whether there's, you know, another way it would go straight, directly to Borbonala, obviously. And um, so it's not, it's not, um, unfortunately, it's not part of Bus Connect's plan, which means yeah. it won't go directly to Borbonala. Do, 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 do you hear this there. sound? <laughs> do you know what the yeah. sound was? That was what? the whole thing going of what you just said going over most people's heads. Like, okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. What look, I mean is, I suppose, look, it's not it, going it, to happen now, and that's all people care it's, about. It's not going back. It's not part of. It's not going directly to Bonbor Pranala, and and I'm hopeful that if it happens at all, and I I hope it doesn't, that it'll go to a vote of yeah. the council. And I, and I suspect that if it does go to a vote of the council, that proposed uh, bridge, it'll be voted down. Okay. Well, I certainly know I'll be voting against it anyway. Okay. Come back to Glow. Opening this evening, great day for it. Yeah, oh, fantastic! Yeah, fantastic. And um, mm. look, it's 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 great. And and you know, it's you know, I suppose during COVID and things like that, I, you know, a lot of these things weren't happening. And it's it's just it's just fantastic now that you know it, it shows that you know that the the city is back to life. It's back to its you know its I suppose <laughs> former glory for yeah. want of a better term. Um, and it's it's all good in the run up to Christmas, and it's a huge success, and it's it's a great. Great um, advertisement for the city, in fairness. Well, I have you. Yeah, I'll throw this one at you. Dinner guests, two ideal dinner guests, dead or alive, male or female. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I'd be very interested in history, so could I say uh, Brian Brew and Michael Collins? We'll have that. Shane, thank you for starting that, <laughs> that particular conversation. Shane O'Callaghan, uh, Finnegale councillor. There will be no bridge over the Mangala. The bit about it being bus connects and going to onboard Planala and being connected something else and going somewhere else, that doesn't actually matter. There will be no bridge over the Mangala. If some element of these transport plans is bothering you and troubling you, make noise because they've no bridge going over the Mangala now and this family in Frankfield that were going to lose all of their garden won't be losing any of their garden. So make noise. Let's see if we can't save John Spillane's cherry trees. Now, wouldn't that be a nice Christmas present to give to the people of Belafat? He's on love for belters only, making you feel good. Or has Lewis Capaldi got you thinking, forget him? Damn it.
Regency Hotel shooting. Uh, David Bourne was shot dead at the Regency Hotel, and uh, Jerry Hutch is on trial. And of course, former Sinn Fein councillor Jonathan Dowdall uh, turned turned state witness effectively at the start of all of this. Um, and it's a fascinating trial. And over the last couple of days, they've been listening to secretly recorded tapes uh, that made for so quite fascinating. News copy. Michael Doyle joins me from the Irish Sun. Michael, go through what those tapes are and who's on them and why they're so fascinating. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Well, well a bit of ba- bit of background, I guess. Um, this was um, the Gardaí kind of applied for this uh, recording device to be attached to Jonathan Dowdall's Toyota Land Cruiser car back in back in February 2016, kind of in the days after the Regency, and uh, it was on the car subsequently in early March. Um, March 7th was the date um, that that Jonathan Dowdall drove to Northern Ireland with uh, another person was in the car, and we're told that the other person on the car is, is Jared Hutch, and the pair of them had a, a, a wide ranging conversation um, on the on their journey to Northern Ireland and, re- and back again. They were going to Northern Ireland in the hope of meeting uh, distant Republicans because of Jonathan Dowdall's connection with Sinn Féin. Jerry Hodge was hoping they might be able to mediate in the feud with the Kinnan gang. And he wanted he wanted to kind of he wanted an end to the killing. And this was this was early on in the feud in many ways. His brother had only recently been murdered and many murders followed. So uh, it, it kind of gives give, the, the whole conversation gives you an insight into what kind of way Jerry Hodge was thinking certainly at that time. He wanted an end to the feud, he wanted the killing to stop. So we've listened to about ten hours, ten hours of conversations that the pair of them, that the pair of them held during that during that return journey, and they've been played to the court over the over the last no, mm. number of days. This was despite the um, best efforts of of defence counsel to get them rendered inadmissible. Yeah. Well, well, well. See, because we're it's been held in a special criminal court, there is no jury, so three judges are, are going to decide the case. So the judge, the judges have wanted to hear the evidence anyway. That argument is going to start today about the inadmissibility of of this evidence. The defence are going to argue because. Um, the authorization of to get the recording device was unlawful. The fact that it was recorded, most of these conversations took place on a secretly recorded in Nor- in Northern Ireland, which, according to the Crim- Criminal Justice Surveillance Act 2009, is 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 on is on itself unlawful. So those arguments are going to take place over today and perhaps go into into Monday over the inadmiss- over the admissibility. So we might need, we're not even sure yet if this evidence yeah. is going to be allowed. And that's an important point in, in, in the trial. It, it makes it different from a jury trial. There is no jury here, so that you in a jury trial you'd have to have the admissibility argument before the tapes were brought into court, 
or not, as the case may be. But well, in the well it, w- it, w- it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yes, it, w- it wouldn't happen in front of the jury. The jury would be out and this, yeah. this argument, the tapes would have been played to the judges without, without the jury being present and then the argument would have taken place and if the judges, if the judge, judge ruled that the evidence was admissible, then they would replay it, be replayed again in front of the jury. But because there is no jury in this case, yeah. we can kind of hear that evidence and report on that evidence. Now the judges will now decide if, they, this, if this evidence is going to be part of the trial itself. Yeah. Now it was the the ambitions of the Kinnahan gang were revealed in in that in those tapes. They had global ambitions. Like, well, we kind of the Kinnahans have become a, very much a household name, I guess, in this country over the last since the Regency. In effect, so many people before the Regency mightn't have been aware of their existence or where they were or where the the main players were. But certainly over the last six years, that has all changed. Yesterday in court, we heard Jonathan Dowdle ask Jerry Hutch in this car journey, "How did the Kinnahans get so big and strong and so quickly? Because they were just two brothers, a father, and, and a number of of just Dublin criminals, and in, in many respects." And Jerry kind of said, well, you know, he, he kind of had, it was a good respect to hear them speak about when it comes to Daniel Kinahan. He said he was wide, wide enough and he said they made a bit, of, a, few, a bit of money a couple of years ago and then all of a sudden they started making real money and their ambitions changed. They had, they, they were very much about the money but they were also about the power and they wanted, they had, they had ambitions to be the biggest gang in Europe so when people like the Colombians and other international cartels wanted to do business, the Kinahans would be their first port of call and that's what we kind of that's what we kind of heard yesterday, and it kind of gave you an idea. I guess the, the scope of their ambitions um, at the time, and of course things have maybe slightly changed from them. On the back of the regency, maybe their ambitions uh, were a bit too too high. In that, they're kind of uh, the well, the the nets beginning to close them somewhat over the last number of years yes. because um, the, the public perception of who they are and the international perception of who they are. They're very well known at this stage internationally. Yeah. Remind us again what's behind this and who Jerry Hutch is. I mean, look, his name is synonymous with organised crime over the years. The monk he's known as. Remind us a bit about his background, the accused man here. Well, Jerry, well, Jerry, Jerry Hutch is from the north in, in, in the city area of Dublin, and he's been he's been linked to, I guess, a number of of high profile kind of robberies in the state over over many years. A lot of people would have would have presumed that he was kind of wasn't necessarily that heavily involved in organised crime. Pre um um pre I guess I guess I guess the regency in in, in many ways, but uh, his family he comes from a very well known kind of criminal family and the, the, the court has already heard in relation to them. His nephew was Gary Hutch, who was in the Kinnahan. He was once part of the Kinnahan mm-hmm. gang and he was murdered in Spain in 2015. And this many many people believe this was the moment where the whole the whole feud with the, between the Kinnahans in the Hutches re- really ignited. And on the back of that, um, the regency took then took place in February 5th, 2016. David Byrne, a very well known member of the Kinnahan cartel, was ex. Executed after a gang, after a six-man team basically launched a launched a, a very ambitious raid on the hotel in the middle of the day at a boxing weigh-in. Three men armed as uh, three men disguised as armed guardy carrying AK-47s burst into the Regency suite, and a number of people were injured, but David Byrne was shot dead. And Jerry Hutch was subsequently he was subsequently. He, he lived in he was living in Spain at the time, but he was subsequently extradited last year on the back of that incident, which has led to his his appearance in court this over the last number of weeks in relation to 
to, to the murder charge. But, but interestingly, PJ, over the last number of days, we've kind of got an insight into the kind of minds of, of Jerry Hurst from, from these conversations and that he was completely, he's not, it was against violence. He didn't want, he wanted the killings to stop. He said that there has to be another, has to be another way, like in terms of, instead of using the gun because of the heartbreak that it leaves behind. And he is a person, he's had family members who have suffered um, at the hands of, at the hands of gang. Did I read a quote from him in, in your paper in the last day or two, Michael, where he said he didn't want any innocents killed. This is it. He wanted. He didn't want any innocent people killed because a number of innocent people had been caught up in that. They have been over many years. I think in our gangland crime in Ireland, other countries, innocent people do tend to get caught up at some point. And he, this was this was something he just did not want. He did not want any more innocent people getting caught up in it or or getting killed. He wanted now in saying that he wanted the people who murdered his brother, um, and Eddie Hutch. He wanted them handled. If there was to be agreement with the 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 Kinahan gang, he wanted the hitmen who killed his brother handed up to him because he felt they, the their conversations kind of felt that they had to go as such. But in terms of innocent people who are completely unconnected to organised crime or that he was just completely against them being caught up in this violence. Do you know what the frightening element of this is, Michael? And I'm sure you'll agree with me here. If I'm reading your coverage over the last few days in the sun and it's it's excellent and really graphic and really and because of the special criminal court like you said we can reveal more of what's been coming before the court this is the kind of thing you would expect to see trending in the top 10 on netflix as a fictional series or a movie or but, but this I, is I, 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 real this is it. Like I mean, this this is it is amazing to think that it that it is so real and that it's, it's Ireland, little little Ireland, with a considering how small it that that this is. I mean, it's, it wouldn't be surprised to see me to some see some kind of Netflix documentary be made at some point. But yeah, it's it's the reality of it, and I think a lot of people. I guess I put programs like Love Hate and, and Kin have kind of we all, we all love them, and everybody in the country has watched them, knowing that they're fiction and they can kind of like escape from it for an hour or two, but. But over the last, certainly since perhaps that day in the Regency six and a half years ago, the the, the realities of organised crime in Ireland have become much more vivid, I suppose, to the average person. And, and we're, 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 here, we're getting a good picture of it over the last number of weeks. You could say, couldn't you, Michael, truth is actually far more frightening than fiction. Yeah, thank you very much for being with us. Michael Doyle of the Irish Sun. Superb coverage every day. Uh, in detail of what's going on at the, the Jerry Hutch trial in, in the Special Criminal Court in Dublin. Superb and, should I say, frightening coverage of the kind of carry-on that's happening in our country. Like two hours and what, two hours and 40 minutes, two hours and 50 minutes up the road of the motorway. This is the reality of what's happening, what's happening in Dublin. So you can leave your Netflix and your prime time and whatever your movies behind you. This is the reality. Yesterday morning, we were looking at videos coming into us of students queuing up outside a number of pubs around town. And look, for the most part, doing absolutely no harm. And it's very important to say that because the number of videos I saw of them just having the crack was... Actually, it was good to see. And I was only talking to a friend yesterday afternoon on the phone who was passing a queue in the car. And I said to him, yeah, I said, think about it now. What you're honestly thinking is, oh, to be 19 again. And he burst out laughing. That having been said, we got an email from Dearmwood who said, to all concerned, to have to bundle through swathes of students queuing for flanneries on Glasheen Road while bringing my small children to school at quarter to nine in the morning is one thing. However, to see two grown men in Christmas jumpers exposing themselves and waving it about, yeah, 
kind of edited the detail there, but you know what I'm getting at. While also peeing on the street in front of small children being collected from school at half two in the afternoon, well, that's another matter. Then to have it compounded by being abused when I question their behaviour. We're all okay, but a bit of fun. But there is a line. Please make it stop. And that's from... Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now back to Dunkettle and traffic and other things associated with it. Cormac. Hello. Hi. Yeah. We're about a week into the changes now in Dunkettle, and have they worked out or have they not? We are indeed. We are indeed. I, I'm. Uh, I'm from West Cork, and uh, I just come back from Newmarket yesterday, and yes. and uh, took me forty five minutes to get from the end of the Dublin Road to the other side of the Martin Slip Road. Crikey, that's from the end of, that's from where the dual carriageway comes in when, to meet the I roundabout. Hit, when, when I hit the traffic on the d- Dublin Road until the opposite side of Martin. Crikey. 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah. And would you drive that way regularly? I wouldn't know. I, I, uh, I was up uh, buying a cow that uh, yesterday at that at that time. I see, I see. Uh, and it took you forty-five minutes to get from one side of Dunkettle to the far side of Mahan Point. And what time of yeah. the day was that? That was at around quarter to five. I hit the traffic. You drove right in. You drove right into rush hour. And like, is it confusing? I mean, people were saying yesterday the signage. Is confusing. Did you did you find the signs confusing? Uh, I didn't, to be honest, because I was taking a lot of care when I was going through. But a few people did. But yeah. I don't mind that. Yeah. Uh, just a general mistake. Yeah. But then there's people blowing their horns on a on a genuine mistake, which I I personally don't like because we all make mistakes. Like yes. And when things are changing, you're going to make mistakes. And when people are traveling, particularly you're not a frequent traveller through that junction, but people who no. are, everything seems to have no. been changed. Yeah, you're saying as well, if there were two Arctic's tried to move in together, you were you were, you were in trouble. Were you? I know that. They know I, I was on about town, about in town with the city, with All the right. city lens, with the cycle lens. Christ, I was quite very thin, very thin boy. Very narrow, yeah, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. So were you coming? Have you been driving in town of late and seen changes? Uh, I was, I'd say, I was two weeks ago. Right. Okay. And you're seeing a lot of changes and a lot of traffic. All right, Cormac, thank you. Uh, 0818969696. Cormac coming through the Dunkettle interchange yesterday evening, coming in from Dublin or from, well, up the country. And it took him to get from one side of the Dunkettle interchange to the other side of Mahan Point. It took him 45 minutes. Like, that's not exactly a very, very long trip, is it? 0818 96 96 96. Dinner parties. Yeah, we'll be talking about dinner parties later this morning. And I want you to tell me on 083 396 96 two dinner party guests they can be anybody I'd prefer to have one male and one female but you can have two male two female if you want they can be from history they can be dead or alive they can be whoever you they can be even makey uppy people like if you want to have Sherlock Holmes and She-Hulk attorney at law that's fine by me that's absolutely fine by me but tell me who your two dream 
dinner guests would be. It would be great. We'll read a load of them out later on. Geraldine was on. She said, mine guests would be, they're sadly dead, but I would have chosen Her Majesty, the late Queen Elizabeth, and the late and very handsome Richard Burton. That's from Ger. Thanks, Ger. Uh, Moira would love to dine with His Majesty, the late, great Freddie Mercury. I'm with you there. And Her Majesty, the late, great Lizzie Windsor. Now, that'd be fun and lead to some interesting conversation. Uh, Princess Diana and Robbie Williams will be another two. That's from Iris. And then, ah, yeah, keep the Christmas songs coming, PJ. I have a little boy off school sick, and they're really cheering him up. But I hope the toy show will be great for him tonight. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Is Joe in there yet? No. Okay. Um, let's go. Yeah, on, on Sarah. On sorry, on Dunkettle, Sarah says the signs are fine. What's confusing people at all? I don't get it. They clearly state where to go. See, there must be something confusing. Um, If anybody is confused by the signs, I would imagine, Sarah, if you're coming through and you're not a regular user of that interchange, you'll find it quite easy to follow the signs because they're new to you. But if you've been going through them and your mind and your driving brain has a kind of a muscle memory of what the signs say, that'll make a bit things a bit more difficult for you. They had two speed cameras on from the Dublin side at 7 o'clock this morning. I travel that road every day the last four years. I've never seen dangerous driving or crashes or speeding. There's plenty other areas where the law could be enforced a bit better, like the Rochestown Park exit. Thank you. And on the man, a couple of calls in or comments in on the Mangala. Um, some people pleased with the decision, some people not particularly pleased with the decision, but I will come back to them. So, Joe, um, as usual, big plans out Glasheen Way for your annual Christmas event. How are you? Good morning, PJ, first of all. My beautiful, beautiful man, how are you? I'm not too bad now, sir. I'm not too bad. Thank you're, you, thank you're you. Planning it again, Sunday, December 11th. Sunday, December 7th. Sorry, PJ, my mouth has gone dry. I'm on at the moment and it's keeping me dry um, yeah Sunday Sunday the 11th of December we're having a big party PJ it's going to be a Christmas party at Joseph's and then over in Flannery's across the road Pat Murray and John Gaffney are hosting them, the Marquis and we're having Santi we're having a magician we're having um, some of the choir singers from the city are coming out to sing so we're having a big day and what I'm hoping to do, PJ, if it's okay with you and your listeners, I know things are tough at the moment, but I'm looking for gifts for the kids. A toy for a boy or girl at any age or something like that, or a selection box, because we'll have people from Penny Dinners as well, you know? Sure, sure. And You've been doing this for a long time now, Joe. Years and years, PJ, but it's actually getting very big now. It's getting bigger than, than it is because they all enjoyed it so much. Dell House has, has two bus loads coming out because there's other services from there as well. We'll have Coonley Refuge and we'll have Penny Dinners. And the atmosphere will be just amazing. And it's a great day, PJ. That now in the school one that we do, they're great, they're great events. Sure. So what time on the Sunday? We're starting at 10 o'clock. Um, the special guest is coming from the North Pole around half 11. That's all sorted, yeah. And then we have the choir singing and we have it all. All, but we're, we're starting from about 10 o'clock, we start the haircuts. 
And we opened back then getting the hair cut, so the flannery's then over back and open back, and that's the plan. Um, bit of crack, but I'd like to have something for the mothers and anyone that's coming. Do you know where PJP get old sets of Nibby and things like that for Christmas and they never use? Yes. Things like that passes up. We have to give a mother or shower gel set that they say, oh God, I hate that or stuff, but to still get it for Christmas. You know what I mean? I get old spice for my aunt that I never use. You know what I mean? I <laughs> so, yeah. so things like that, PJ, would be amazing. And it's, 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 you know, it's a fantastic. And as I say, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Yeah. Because it's such an enjoyable. And I've asked our first citizen to call in um, the Lord Mayor just to see what a small community in the area like Banners and Joseph and and, and uh, people can do around the area for situations like this, you know. They started out with you was. just looking for selection boxes for small kids, yeah. and, but it grew and grew and grew. Grew, grew, few selection boxes, a few haircuts, and now it's gone into a big event. You could actually do two days with the haircuts. Yeah. It's, it's so big. But what I want to do is for the kids to enjoy the party as well. So we might just, you know, give out vouchers then for the hair to come back and get your hair done and all that sort of crack, you know. Because we're going to keep that going all year anyway. Yes. PJ, so we're going to make this fun. Yeah. And it's 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 lovely. And you know, PJ, and I'm being very, very honest here, I couldn't do it without you guys, without the listeners and the support from Glashian Road and families and everybody. Okay. Well, if anybody it's has fun. a donation to make, they can drop it to the salon even now, can they? Glashing Road and Joseph's there and the tall, dark, handsome one inside if, if people are looking for me. <laughs> and then you can go to Body Mechanics in Partridge Willamins. They're brilliant. They have storage and they're taking stuff in there for us as well. Excellent. All right. We'll catch up again with him this and, and the big day. Uh, Joe, Joe, Joe Bourne from Joe, the hairdresser on um, Glashing Road. He's been doing this for years. He started out looking for a few selection boxes. Remember, he ran me up looking we get a few selection boxes. And now he has a marquee and selection boxes and Santee and magicians. And a fabulous day on Sunday, the 11th of December. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. An evening of music will take place at St. Peter's Church, Bandon, on Thursday, the 1st of December. Featuring lots of local musicians, including Monster Mix Chorus, Coltus Balance Fiddle, and Bandon Grammar School Choir. The event begins at 8 o'clock, and all proceeds will go to St. Vincent de Paul. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With corksimon.ie. Because everyone who calls Cork home should have one. Cork's 96 FM. Right to Dunkettle. Rory, I think you can explain a bit of what's going on down. Oh, he was there on line five. Fergal, let's see if we can't get him back. He was on five. Uh, Rory was trying to explain, has an explanation of sorts for us as to what is going on with Dunkettle. Just on the subject of the Mangala, a couple of different opinions coming in there. Sean says, were they ever going to run buses over that bridge and have them land in the middle of a park? That bridge was for pedestrians and for cyclists. Once again, a good idea gone by the wayside. Ah, Sean, no, not quite. People were very upset about that bridge running over the Mangala, so they were. Is he back? Okay, we'll take him down in a second. Emmanuel says, Hi PJ, just a note to say a big thank you to Councillor Shane O'Callaghan. Myself and my wife are the owners of that property in Frankfield. Shane's been a great support for us, especially as we've engaged with the NTA team to present our objections. He was with us at every stage. It was a massive relief when we got the final call confirming they won't touch our family home. My wife was also on your show in July when we first found out about the Bus Connect plans. Thank you and the team for giving us a platform to highlight our concerns. 
we can finally enjoy Christmas in our home with our daughters, knowing this ordeal is over. Thanks you to Shane and to 96 of Emma. Appreciate that, Emmanuel. That's lovely. Right, let's go to Rory. Rory, you can give us some understanding of what's happening. Hey, How are you? Morning, yeah. Listen, first of all, it's not rocket science. It is signposted. And it's clearly signposted. Mm-hmm. But when you're coming from the man side, between the Bloomfield, I think it's even before the Bloomfield, the overhead motorway sign is split into two. One side, the right-hand side is indicating Dublin, northbound. Okay. Right? The left-hand lane is indicating Cork City and eastbound. So, the traffic now yesterday, and, and the day before, and the day before the traffic, is back from the tunnel, back past Mahan Slip Road, back to the Bloomfield interchange nearly, the left-hand lane. And the right-hand lane is flowing as freely as possible. But here's where the conundrum starts. Mm-hmm. People are complaining that the drivers are going down the right-hand lane and cutting in. They're not cutting in. Let me explain. When you come out of the tunnel at the Glanmire side, yeah. the two lanes that are exiting the tunnel break into four lanes. Okay. Two lanes to the left-hand side go to the city centre and East Cork, and they go under the Dublin Road. Right. It's a new link road that goes under the Dublin Road. Okay. The two lanes, the lane, the lane exiting the tunnel on the right-hand side, that breaks into two lanes, but they go northbound for Dublin. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. 95% of the cars that are queuing in the left-hand lane on the Mahan side of the tunnel, when they exit the tunnel on the Glanmire side, they stay in the left-hand lane, which means the right-hand lane of the two to the left of, this, of the Fries Cork, the right-hand one is empty. Yeah. Correct, correct me if I'm misunderstanding you here now, Rory. So the old way that used to be was when you went into the tunnel on the Mahan side and if you were going to the city or if you were going to Dublin, you went into your left lane. And if exactly. You were, and if you were going to Waterford or Killa or anywhere, you went into the right lane. But, exactly. But now, if you want to go to Dublin... Sorry, if you yeah, if you want to go to Dublin, you go into the right lane. If you want to go to Waterford, you go into the left lane. Is it any wonder that's going to confuse people? But the signs are back further. It's in the case telling you what to do. I, I, yeah, lane, but, but Rory, is it any Yeah, but you talk about people who've been driving habitually through the, the... Like, if you take someone who's been going from, for argument's sake, Wilton, uh, to, to drive to Middleton every evening, uh, going home from work, they've been doing it a particular way since that tunnel opened and now they're being told no no you know the way they've been you've been driving forever well you need to drive differently now that's going to cause have you been to Dublin recently I haven't driven to Dublin in quite some time no have you you haven't gone through Newlands Cross or sorry the M50 um, roundabout as in Newlands Cross um, you mean you you mean up there the the, the, that big Spaghetti Junction I have but it would be a year and a half ago maybe yeah year and a half so so I hadn't I hadn't been up there in in donkey's years, and when I went up there, I I went to the side I followed the signage up onto the M50 North. I was heading north, mm. followed the signs for it. I was in a different lane to what I was in previously going up there. 
But yeah. the signs are there to follow him. It's it tells true. you where to go. No, 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 you're right. And and you're, you're, you're absolutely right. What can also happen too, Rory, is that in pe- people's sat-navs will confuse them because the sat-navs have been... But I, I take your point. There were clear the sat- signposting. The, the, yeah, the sat-navs, the sat-navs in Google Maps won't be updated, I'd say, until the whole, until the whole of the Dunkettle um, interchange Probably. is completed. But the, the, you know, because they're opening new lanes kind of every second day, that yeah. kind of stuff. And but like, You've extended very well, to be fair. You've extended well, very you, well. When you exit the tunnel, when you exit the tunnel you have two lanes exiting the tunnel yes now the left hand lane is for the city centre and East Cork but that breaks into two lanes yes the right hand lane the right hand lane that breaks into two lanes but that's for northbound traffic which is clearly signposted back further but all the traffic exiting the tunnel stay in the left hand lane so the right hand lane of the two is empty it's it's free okay I got you. I got you. Do you know? I know, Rory. Thank you. It's you've 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 made it very clear. To be fair to you, I think a lot clearer than some of the signs from what I've been hearing. Thank you, sir. We're Kim and I'm Courtney as chief influencers of the city of Cork with loads of followers. It is our job to tell you that you are all invited to the Royal Cork. At the Everyman. Hold on. Everyone is invited. Does that mean Cinderella is going? Oh, yes, she is. Oh, no, she's not. Oh, yes, she is. Cork's 96FM presents Cinderella from December 3rd. The ultimate panto experience with sensational singing, dancing and non-stop laughter. See everymancork.com. Book your tickets now for Cinderella. The Everyman Panto. It's for everyone. With Cork's 96FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you to Rory for making that Dunkettle situation a bit more easy to understand. He said, look, the signs are there. You need to follow the signs but what has changed is when you're coming from the Mahan side towards Dunkettle if you used to go left so that you could go to the city or indeed go to Dublin if you want to go to Dublin you now need to, to go to the right lane okay and you've been brought to a new link then to Dublin if you want to go to the city or you want to go to Waterford or Middleton you need to go to the left lane there was a time when you'd go to the right lane to go to Waterford or Middleton, but that's changed now. It's part of the new layout. That's And there were signs there. And forget about your sat-nav and forget about your Google Maps because they don't haven't, haven't updated just yet. But if you were always used to go to Waterford or Middleton and go right to do it when you're coming into the tunnel, stay on the left now. And if you used to go left to go to Dublin... You go right, and if you if just follow the signs, just follow the signs. As I said, we're going to take a real deep look into traffic on the show next week, um, 
and and we'll, we'll we'll get into it in a bit more detail as to how it's all working. But thank you, Rory, for explaining that. Follow the signs, follow them closely, and you can't go wrong. Is what Rory is saying. He drives there frequently. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six is the number. The text to WhatsApp is oh eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six. The email is opinion at ninety six fm dot There's a little debate going on. Uh, on our various platforms as to whether I should be playing Christmas songs in November. I played a Christmas song and damn proud to do it and I might play another one before the end of the show or at least we're into it now. We're into it now. The Christmas songs are with us again. Yes, it's only November. Who cares? It's toy show night and it's glow starting today and it's 30 sleeps to Christmas. Of course you play a Christmas song or two but there are people who don't agree. I'll come back to that one. And uh, dinner parties... We'll be organising a few of them over the next couple of weeks. We've got some good fantasy dinner party guests. I'd like you to choose a man and a woman, but you don't have to. Choose two men, two women, whatever you want. Um, living or dead? Fictional or real? A lot of Fred, a lot of Freddie Mercury's. A lot of Freddie Mercury. And an amazing number of people would like to invite Queen Elizabeth to, to, to dinner. 0818 96 96 96. I have a book in my hand written by God, someone I haven't seen in a long time uh, a former colleague uh, at this radio station for many years Eleanor O'Kelly Lynch and the book is called The Girl with Special Knees Eleanor, it is a fictional book based on very personal reality is that a fair way to sum it off? Good morning Good morning PJ uh, yes, I think that's a very fair way to sum it up um, it's rooted, I suppose, in my own experience. I have a child with a disability, Cornelia DeLang. Um, she's grown up now, if you could say that, really, because she's still essentially a child. I haven't um, seen her for many yeah. years. I haven't seen no, her for a long, she, long time. Yeah. She, she, she's, in, she's in good spirits, but, you know, she's still, I mean, I still buy clothes for her age eight, nine. And her shoes would be a baby eight or a baby nine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What age is um, she now? So, She's 30. Oh, you're making me terrible old. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, boy. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So, I suppose that was my experience. And I think, I, I think why I wrote the book, really, was that Lauren was very frequently a distressed child. Yes. Um, an un- unhappy child, I suppose. And I often say this, PJ, that if you have a child with a disability and the child has joy or the child looks happy or the child can sort of, you know, um, enjoy their lives at whatever level. Um, That's great. That's a great thing. Whereas my real heartache was that Lauren really didn't enjoy her life. She she began to self-injure. She was emotionally distressed. And I think it's the hardest thing to watch is a child who hasn't got joy. Mm. Um, And we were sitting on the couch one day and I said to my sister, you know, her life is very hard, really. It's so unfair. She's a tough, she's a tough battle. And uh, my sister said, you know, uh, by way of comfort, really, um, who knows that in another universe, in another dimension, in another life, you know, we often hear about the multiverse. We often hear about these alternative universes where we live other versions of ourselves. Yes. And she smiled and she said, well, who knows there somewhere out there, she might be having a ball in another world. And I thought, 
wouldn't that just be fantastic that actually Lauren was having another life um, at the same time as this one, but she was in a much happier place and she was having adventures and she was having fun and she was sort of, you know, able to do all the things that she couldn't do here. And that sparked, so that sparked really the idea for the novel. And I was down then in West Cork at a writing group a few, a couple of years later, actually. And um, we were asked to, you know, if you had an idea in our heads, you know, start writing page one. And (laughs) I wrote it. I just wrote the first page and I knew what I was going to write about. I was going to write about um, her journey. My, My fictitious child in the book is called Doll. Doll. Yeah. Because she looks a bit like a doll because she's so small. And um, yes, so the child, I was going to take that child from here to there, out there somewhere, out the universe. And I was going to transform her life and her experience. And it wasn't just going to be a little bit of fun. I was giving her a journey. I was mm. giving her a journey that would transform her. I was given her tests, they sort of, you know, the hero's journey as such, she was going to, she was going to have a quest to complete. So it wasn't all fun and games. Um, and out of that, the book evolved. And you know what, PJ, the book really ended up being a book about a family yeah. in trouble. Because I didn't actually just want to explore the journey for the child, actually, even from the very beginning. I, I also wanted to touch on and explore um, motherhood when you have a child who isn't happy or indeed who's disabled who can't do the things that the dreams that you had for the child cannot be fulfilled and I wanted to explore the mother's sort of I suppose perspective on that Well let me with your permission Eleanor, uh, chapter 2 is called Sally, Sally is mom and let me read the first couple of lines because I had read chapter 1 and smiled Right and then I read chapter two, and it hit me like a punch. And really? because, yeah. and I think, you know, and as you know yourself, we 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 have we have a disability in our house. Um, so yes, I can identify right. very much with the parents here. This hit me yes. like a punch. It it reads: "Sleep tight, love." I closed the door on my wordless daughter, as I do every night, every bloody night. I stop to gather myself at the top of the stairs and rest my elbows on the banister. Take a deep breath. Hold for four. Exhale. Breathe. Exhale. I can see mothers and dads identifying with that owner. It's a punch to the gut because that is so, so real. Yes, and I suppose, as I say, I don't think I could have written that, um, to be honest, PJ, if I hadn't experienced it myself. You know, sometimes we sugarcoat things and we all want to be strong and we all want to be smiling and we all want to be seen as, you know, I suppose, winning the battle and, you know, being stalwart. But, but you know, it's not all like that. Yes, it's good. It's good to have courage and it's good to keep on keeping on, as I say. I think that's good to be resilient. You have to be. But, yeah, it's heartbreaking too. And you do cry and you do despair and you do question, what's all this about? Why? You know, I think in that chapter, actually, I just say to God, like, you're so spiteful. Why did you do this to my broken doll, you know? Yes. my small broken doll. So, yeah, I think that was from the heart. I actually found it quite upsetting, to be honest with you, to write that chapter. 
Now, not a lot of the other chapters, obviously. There's a lot of joy in the book. And there's a lot of oh, there is, but that's the point I'm making. I, 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 I yeah. smiled my way through the first chapter. And I thought, okay, where's she going with this? And then two paragraphs yeah. into chapter two, I was trying to swallow. And that yeah. is why this is a magnificent piece of work, Eleanor. That's lovely to hear you say that, and thank you, PJ. Um, I, th- there were some tears through writing the book because I suppose I relived, you know, those experiences. Um, it, it's very hard, actually, to articulate despair. It's hard one to articulate because the word, I, actually, I think I say that in that chapter, the word is too small to hold the mm. meaning that mm. despair has, you know, which is a sense that you just want to sort of, you turn into liquid and you sort of fall on the floor. That was, that was the best way I suppose I could describe it, you know, mm. that you almost spill over yeah. um, because the despair isn't something that is easily put into words. Now, it's a very thing in your, you know, it's deep in your gut, I suppose. You something know? else that it captures is there are some very funny moments. There are some wistful little moments. It's, it's, re- and the, I thought myself when I, when I knew you were writing this and you were going to turn a story, your own very personal story into a form of fiction, I said that can go one way or the other. Mm. And it's gone the way it should. Go. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. I hope it's selling in truckloads. I hope it is. Well, so far so good. We had the launch last week, PJ, and it was great. We had about 140, 150 and loads of book sales there. And uh, we have Amazon now, book depository as well, and my website, elnorokellylynch.ie. So, yeah, and Silverbow and Glanmire have taken copies and vibes and scribes. So uh, hopefully distribution now will be increasing as the weeks and, and a, the months and lo- go on. A local editor, local publisher, all a local production. Absolutely. Printing, publishing, everything local, um, which is great, really, right. because there are great people. Orla Kelly Publishing, she's super, and she's based right here in Cork. So it was great to have her on site as well. All right. um, and there are great designers, graphic designers and everything. And PJ, I'd have to mention that I'm in um, the Senior Times, the City Hall exhibition this weekend, Senior right. Times exhibition, and I'm here signing books and selling books, obviously. So... Please come in and say hello, and I'll sign a book for you. All right. Eleanor, great to talk to you again. Good luck with this. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of work. That's fantastic. Thanks very much, uh, PJ. Cheers. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Cheers. Thank Eleanor you. O'Kelly Lynch. Um, the, the book is called The Girl with Special Knees. Not needs. The Girl with Special Knees. And it is lovely. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. (laughs) 
0818969696. Now, a lot of people happy that this Mangala Bridge idea is gone by the board. I'm talking earlier on to Shana Callahan about, about that. And at the time when it appeared in the plan, people were outraged that you would put a bridge, a big white bridge, over something as important and special and unique as the Mangala. And people were delighted to hear that it is uh, no longer part of the plan. People, that is, except for you, Sean, morning. Hello, PJ. You're not happy about this? No, no, um, un- unless I'm mistaken. My understanding from the get-go was it was for cyclists and pedestrians. It was going to be a narrow bridge, something similar to the one that connects Harkey's Key uh, with Mahon and the Black Rock area, which was a great amenity for cycling especially. And I thought, win-win, good news. And then somehow it morphed into a bus lane, a bus um, motorway, basically, over the the West Link. And I said, that's never going to happen in a month of Sundays. Technically, it it would be such a massive project. Mm. But I could never pin down any concrete plans of that. Or they didn't publish any, you know how they published this computer Generation stuff like say like a light trend, a light rail yes. outside the courthouse, which well, the, which will never happen either. They might as well put a picture of the Starship Enterprise there. It was part of Bus Connects, so one, yeah, is, given to, Connect one is given in, to understand it would have carried buses. No, Bus Connects also t- supposedly takes in pedestrians and cyclists. It's all part of movement of people. Um, and they are funding a lot of this nonsense in town, which is taking away space from. From buses in, as well, they're actually redu- reducing the, their own space. But this would have been, like I say, I understood, similar to the Mahon cycling and pedestrian overpass, which shouldn't have interfered too much with the beauty of the woods because it doesn't interfere with Harkey's Key or any of the old passage railway line. It complements it. And it would also get the people on that side of town, you're not going to walk from Grange to Tremor Valley. Well, you could, it's a long walk, but from there on to town. But it would link cyclists with with the city, which is what they're trying to do. I thought it was a tremendous idea, and it, I, a structure like that it shouldn't have imposed unduly on the woods. It would, it would complement them, and yet, I, from what I see now, the whole thing is shot down. Even though they've been working over there for I don't know how long, shoveling mounds of earth around, but it shouldn't have been this enormous. It was I can never, I could never see them having something that would carry buses over that link. Well, Fergal is, is taking a very detailed look here, even as we speak, Sean, yeah. to try to clarify things. And it was for cyclists and pedestrians. You're, you're, right. you're not wrong there. Yeah. Now, it was very hard to find that detail yeah. in the NTA site, but you're, you're, you're correct you're correct there. And you see, uh, you often hear me talking about what it's, it's part of this plan, part of that plan, because, the, you know, you're so strong. The language around these things is, is confusing. Um, yeah. Well, so, the devil's in the detail. We get yeah. very little detail. But they seem to often throw these cockamamie things that you just know in your heart and soul are never going to happen. And, and I, read, you're right, I saw the digging. Yeah. I saw the digging. Yeah, well, if that was for a, a pedestrian and cycling overpass, go for it. And like I say, they should find some way to blend in with the woods, that people are going through the woods anyway, cycling or walking, and you can carry on to more valley and you can finally yeah. exit out Half Moon Lane or out by the park and ride and carry on yeah. to the city. I think people were scared, Sean, by, and 
I don't know how well you know them, Angela. Yeah. I, I think people were very bothered by this natural, like if you take a place as busy as Douglas and as built up as Douglas and as populated mm-hmm. as Douglas, and then you have this wonderful little mini yeah. forest right there in the middle of it. I think people were, were, were very concerned that we might lose that, you know? Yeah. Well, I can understand, but it's nobody more than me appreciates nature and the great outdoors, but I would think that that was what started out to me as a, as a very good idea, and somehow, as usual in this one-horse town, it has seemed to have just gone, just disappeared into either. And the guys, this bus connect, they have nothing but money. Like, I would wonder, could they not throw up a couple of bus shelters and encourage people to use the buses, especially at this state of weather we've been having? And you just see people yeah, well, like drunk uh, rats. As Wait, someone who bus. loves to use the bus, Sean, yeah. and I do, I use the bus frequently. Yeah. Um, I could not agree with you more that we but need there you go. better bus shelters. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I mean, they have reduced most of... Uh, they talk about You talk about future-proofing. All the future-proofs in the city, there's so little road space left now for buses included. A lot of them can't even turn, make turns well, at junctions. Well, well, at the moment now, right yeah. under me here, on McCurtain Street, you have yeah. the ridiculous situation whereby there is a bus stopping quite frequently in the middle of the street. That's right. They took put in these plastic footpaths or something. It's just it's just beyond belief what they're doing. But they, their main mission and artists they spelled it out even for us. God forbid she, if we could ever be allowed to vote for somebody like her as mayor or not. But she said, yeah, our goal is get rid of cars and we're going to make it so unpleasant and so irritating. Well, I don't think so she ever said making it unpleasant now, to be no, fair. No, she did. She did. She did. I don't think she I did not, use those words. She's she not here to defend herself. We're, okay. I, I, discouraging. We're discouraging private yeah, Discourage is the word. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Now, but, but, boy, have they succeeded on But that you're one. a cyclist, aren't you? I cycle, I drive, I walk. So I, I, would, I would have thought that you'd like what was going on with all the cycle lanes then. You know, most of the places, I, I prefer to just wing my way is my own way and I don't even need these lanes half the time I don't try not to break any laws there's a few roads I have to go that, that I do t- cycle and I have to use the foot the, the road to Stone Road Commons Road yeah. a few places that I have to get to yeah. and I, I use the footpath so, but gosh I don't want them putting a cycle lane because they'll just mess up the well now here's, here's a question to a cyclist so it's, it's good to have someone uh, on, on the phone to maybe ask this question. So there are a lot of cycle lanes around the city centre at the moment and they have decreased the capacity of the roads for cars and buses to put in the cycle lanes. As a cyclist, is that something you wanted, Sean? Not especially. No, like I say, I kind of, even if I'm cycling through town, I can't, I have disc problems with my back. I can't, I can't walk anywhere, but I can cycle is my way to get around. And I, I don't even use the sub mall. I'll go down Oliver Plunkett Street and just take in the bike. I either walk with the bike or cycle very slowly, and it doesn't seem to bother anyone. So I, I know. And then I try. I may have to go up Patrick Street to get where I'm going. There's no cycle in there. Yeah. And you can't get bus. This famous Panna bus corridor is another nonsense. <laughs> that, that seems to be. Tell me if you would start off with an idea like that to have a free flowing. Bus but, network. If you have more than three buses at any stop, more than two buses actually, traffic is at a standstill. Yeah. 
Plus the you fact know, that so many people ignore the pedo ban anyway. Yeah, well, let, uh, I've no problem with that because, like, it's, you have to have a functioning city. I do commercial work in there and the van's on and off, and it's just... Well, actually, I don't. I give up. I just do not walk the city because once they started threatening commercial drivers with, with, with um, penalty points for Pana, I refused to walk the city, and yeah. there was trouble at work, and I said, you cannot force me to break a law. You had end Arby. Well, Jerry again, Palmer that, that, and the head yeah. of the road traffic police all threatening us in the one week Panaban penalty points. I said, I don't, I "Hold on, hold on, Sean, hold on." Yeah. I'm not too sure there was ever a penalty, a question of penalty points for breaching the Panaban. I don't think there ever was. Now. And they said, "If it doesn't work, we'll have to consider. Everything will have to be considered." Ah, but I don't think any. I mean, you'd, you'd have to go to the road transport, the yeah. road NDLS, and the road safety people to get penalty points for, for breaching the oh, panel. Who knows? Who knows? You'll get booked for it. And, like, who yeah, wants yeah. To take, you want that kind of risk? Uh, uh, that pressure? Yeah, I think the, technica- the technicality of it was, like, yeah, Fergal thinks you're very much on the seat. Or you stopped and turned around. I know drivers. Uh, no, no, were stopped I, I, and threatened with it. Yeah, okay? I, th- I, th- I, think, I think the technicality of it here was they were trying to make it into a full-time bus lane and you can get penalty points for driving in a bus lane. That's where that came from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody needs doubt in their life that they're doing something on a deal. Nobody needs to be penalised and, and fined and lose their licence for doing their job. So, we well, just do Well, that's true. Well, that's absolutely true. That's and absolutely plus, true. I'd be, if, if they made it the bus corridor, then for God's sake, why did they mess up all the, they needed other streets to carry the, the private cars, i.e. the Keys, Washington Street, you could have used the court. Not every street can be Las Ramblas and have this, you know, open space. <laughs> right. Like, leave some few streets well, for the traffic. Now, would, would, would you agree with me, Sean, about uh, the other night? I was saying this to people on the programme a week or two ago. I came out of the Everyman. I was at a show in the Everyman. And I had my car parked there in the car park on the quay. Mm-hmm. And I came, out of the, I came out of the car park at 10 to 10 at night into uh-huh. a traffic jam. Would you agree with me that something isn't right if that's happening? Absolutely. It's non-stop. Mornings, peak times, but now off-peak. And they maintain, oh, we're a victim of success or the growing economy. No, we're a victim of idiot planners, is what we are. And a victim of some ideologue. I won't even name names or parties. or fair, But yeah, but it's this thing, four wheels bad, two wheels good, get rid of cars, everything, bus, bus. And they have bitten off their noses to, to spite their face because now you can't move the buses either and the bus people will tell you and like I say get somebody on and somehow explain how this Panab, Panab bus corridor thing that's, that seems to be the idea of one lunatic or one madman well, because well, you, well. You, certainly, you wouldn't do that from starting from scratch well, there, are, there are in fairness there are cities around the world where, where the, the private car is, is very much discouraged from the city centre to allow for better public transport and and commercial traffic like that has to come in and deliver but I do take your point, you make many of them and good points you make Sean, thank you for your call Sean can, takes the conversation to a whole new level with regard, and he is a cyclist and an active cyclist and cycles a lot, but he feels that the idea of discouraging cars out of the city centre that that's cutting off your nose to spite your face on the Panaban, so we're looking this up. Um, so when the Panaban is in place, which is between three and half six, as you're not supposed to drive a private car up or down Patrick Street during three and half six, it is then technically a bus lane for those three and a half hours. And there is 
a provision in the law, if you are driving in a bus lane, you can get penalty points. You can if you're specifically and purposefully driving in a bus lane and knowingly driving in a bus lane, then you can get penalty points. And that is, that, that's where Sean was coming from. Thanks for that clarification, lads. But you can. You actually can. In the worst case scenario, for you at least, if you are penalised for driving up Pana during the Pana ban, which God will not, we've all done it, you can in fact be awarded penalty points. Did you know that? Did you know that? Because... I'm going to hand on heart here. I didn't. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Side. Hi, it's Michael with the latest in Cork's entertainment. Winter Festival Quiet Lights takes place in venues around the city from the 24th to 27th of November and is an exciting and well-loved winter festival with a big heart. This year's event features, among many others, Martin Hayes, John Francis Flynn, Aoife Nessa Francis and Elaine Howley. Access all areas. The Love Buzz are a power trio from Cork, bouncing between in the psychedelic punk and rock. Their next hometown show is on December 10th at Cypress Avenue with tickets on sale now from cypressavenue.ie Access all areas. If you have a gig, exhibition or show coming up in Cork in the next few weeks, send us your information here at Cork's 96 FM and we'll be happy to host it. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96 FM. Dinner parties then. We'll be asking all morning for your dream dinner party guests. Dead or alive? History? Fiction even? You can make up a dinner party guest. I'm thinking I might have one definitely fictional and one no longer with us. Uh, I think if I had a dinner party, two dinner party guests, I think if so many, I would have Sir Arthur Conan Doyle or rather I would have Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes Okay, and Cara O'Sullivan. Now figure that one out as my dinner party guests. Sherlock Holmes as and Cara O'Sullivan. Michael Jackson and Freddie Mercury says Siobhan. Marilyn Monroe and JFK. Now that would be that would be very entertaining. Elma in Dylan's Cross. Mary Jane, you're, would you have a particular dream dinner party guests before we talk about dinner parties in general? Morning. Right. Morning. How are you, PJ? Good. Um, so, OK, so I was talking to Fergal yesterday about this and I have, since I was talking to him, I've added another person to it. So I'd love Marilyn Monroe. Um, I think she'd be able to crack. Um, then I'd like Lizzo and Dua Lipa um, because I think they're two really kind of strong women. Mm. And then I'd like Carmela Soprano. That's the one I added. Uh, Tony Soprano's wife. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I think that would be a really good mix because I'm just an ordinary person, right? Um, I think uh, Carmela has, there was way more to her character. Like, I think they they delved into her character very far in Sopranos, but I think there was probably more to her. Yeah. And then Lizzo, because she's just she's a great. bomb of female empowerment. She's yeah. great. And she just seems like a laugh. Like I was watching a show with her. She just seems like she's fun. Dua Lipa, um, 
I just think she's quite an enigmatic character mm. um, and I really, really like her music. And then obviously Marilyn Monroe is such an iconic figure mm. um, and I, I would love to know what she would make of the current world. <laughs> Any men getting from invited here, Mary from. Jane? Pardon? Any men getting invited here? Do you know here? what? Like, I was kind of thinking I might do Henry Cavill for a bit of eye candy or... You know, or Superman. Know. But, yeah. yes. Um... Or maybe, like, I have a couple of kind of guilty crushes. Andrew Lincoln, who was in Love Actually and Teachers, he'd be kind of a a bit of a guilty crush of mine now. Um, And he's a great actor as well, obviously. Um, So if I I were looking at kind of bows or whatever, um, then definitely Henry Cavill or Andrew Lincoln. Um, For crack... God, I don't know. Um, like Billy Connolly, <laughs> I, maybe Billy Connolly. I think, um, yeah, Billy Connolly would be kind of fun. Um, I think, but I think I I, I like all female yeah. uh, dinner parties because I like the dynamic. There's a bit of fun, yeah. and um, you, I am really a girl's girl. We were did, about dinner parties in general because people will yes. do them in the run up to Christmas now. Are they yes. coming back into vogue dinner parties? I kind of hope so. Like I, do, I have them regularly enough, um, and I'm. I, I was saying to Fergie yesterday. I'm kind of careful about the guest list and stuff like that. I'd be careful that I wouldn't have too many big personalities, if that makes sense. At mm. it, um, I mean, I think come down with me years ago was such an amazing program and myself and my friends did that for a while where we all went to each other's houses for Mm. dinner now we didn't really rate the food or whatever um but i think it's a great idea um i think certainly during um locked after lockdown when you were allowed to have people in your house maybe that weren't your family you know from another household or whatever Mm. i think maybe a lot of couples and families kind of did it that way then but um, I think they probably are coming back a bit because the cost of living has gone up as well. Mm. So, um, like, I I think, um, like, from my perspective, I'd be a reasonable cook. I mean, I'm not Michelin star and I don't like Michelin star kind of food. Mm. Like, I'd like to do like a big pot of curry. Yes. And if I were, if I like generally what, what I feel like for a starter um, I like doing like a big board in the centre of the table and having kind of things that people can pick off themselves. So things like, you know, stuffed mushrooms, um, you know, olives, all that kind of stuff. Would you cheat? And then, would you cheat, Mary Jane? Would you go into somewhere like Marks and Spencer's and buy a load of boxes and pile them all into the middle of the table for the starter and then cook well, the curry? I w- I would do, no, I would do that if I were having the girls over just for wine and nibbles. I like, I actually enjoy the process of cooking, right. but I, I like, I, if I went to somebody's house and they had volivants from Marks and Spencer's or whatever as a starter, that wouldn't put me up or down. I wouldn't judge somebody. I'd rather have something that I'd eat than something oh, that's I'd like made a hames of. Like, I'd be scoffing. You know, like, yeah, exactly same. Like, I'd hate to have something that someone made a hames of and have to pretend I like it. Like, I remember one time when I was in college, um, one of the girls had her own place and she invited us all over for spaghetti bolognese. And I had to put it in a napkin on my lap and flush oh, it down the loo because it was shocking. I couldn't eat it. So I'd rather somebody kind of admitted, like, look, I'm not great in the kitchen or whatever. Mm. I was also saying that I don't feel... 
that a takeaway is dinner party. So I don't think that like inviting people over, like say, for example, to have an Indian is really a dinner party. But if you went to a caterer and got a curry that you had to heat up yourself and had to kind of assemble, yes. then that's probably more dinner party territory. Yeah. Um, like there's places you can go... Um, places you can you can ring them up and say look I'm having 10 people over for dinner can you do me a massive shepherd's pie or a huge lasagna or a fish pie or something you can get that done would you consider yeah. that that's not takeaway really is it that's not really takeaway because you have to heat it up yourself and then you're going to have to do the sides for example if you're getting a lasagna I mean I can completely understand why people get it, would get a lasagna because like lasagna, you're ha- you're having to cook it twice, really, you know. Mm. Um, if I were doing, like, I, I, you know, so I can see that. But then you'd have to buy the garlic bread and make up the salad yourself. And, you know, if you, of course, if you were doing an Irish one, like a lasagna, you'd always have to have coleslaw and chips with it. Of course you do. That's you know, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and a little bit of garlic bread. So, like, there's a bit of work involved well, in that. Queen, Queen Bee makes her own coleslaw, you see, and I'll eat it by the half pound. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the yeah. That's a problem. You see, and that's that's the thing when you can cook as well. You know, you're you you kind of tend to say, oh, I'll make that myself, and then you have to make a heap of it because, you know, you're doing all the chopping and opening of jars and that's right. you know bits and pieces and yogurt and whatever else you're putting into your mm. coleslaw. So you're there's only one way to do it, and that's to make a load of it. Um, so yeah, I think dinner parties are going to come back in. Um, can everyone host a dinner party? I don't know. Like, if you watch Come Dine With Me, you can see that there are some people that just can't keep the conversation going. And, you know, if if you have couples, like, this is why I'm not a fan, really, of having couples over no. for dinner parties. Because, yeah, if they're kind of a bit a bit fighty, you know, if they're a bit snidey at each other, yeah. and they, or if they're not in great form, and they're sniping at each other, it makes it very awkward for everyone else around the table. Whereas if it's like a gang of girls or a group of kind of no, no, no. single oh, people no, or no, whatever. Well, no, second Mary Jane, you're not trying to tell me that girls don't snipe. Oh no, they do. <laughs> but not necessarily maybe at each other at a dinner party. Like I would So have what you do actually, well, I know what you do now, that you have the girls around, right? And you bitch about your yeah. husbands. That's that's exactly it. That's exactly it. That's exactly what happens. And like, you know, it's 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 a, just a general kind of a rant as well. Now, couples dinner parties can be nice as well. But I mean, it's just I think a lot of the time with those, the men are kind of dragged along and they don't want to be there as much. Yeah, it depends on where you're going, I suppose. People yeah. walking into the kitchen. Yeah, I'm not really into it. Now, I'll tell you, I'm into it afterwards. I oh, so, so my, okay, my downstairs is open plan. So my whole downstairs is all open plan. So I'd be very social while I'm like cooking and stuff like that. I can come over and chat and that kind of thing. For other people, I know that's maybe not the case. Um, and I know that I've been at dinner parties where there's a big kitchen and there's an island and everyone sits around and chats and then the host does the bit of work. For me, I like serving and cooking the get for the guests for myself, and then if they want to help load the dishwasher or whatever afterwards, grand. There's a thing now but about in an serving. Ideal world, they they'd leave me crack on. Like. Do you have a, you have a do you have an island? I don't have an island. No, have. that's the thing. Okay, if you have an island, what I think is a lovely thing to do is put all the various parts and 
things up on the island and said to people, right, there's a plate, there's a fork, stretch or starve, yeah. take what you want, run it like a great big buffet and then everybody sits down. But do you like to actually serve people at their table? Yeah, I do. I do. Mm. So like I, I, I will put on the table maybe the starter. I might do put them out on boards as a buffet. Now, sometimes if I'm doing something that's a little bit more specific, like a warm chicken salad or something, then I will plate it up for people. Uh, but I like I like being able to present the food nicely as well. Mm. Like I, I'd hate to. I'm really like when I'm at home, I'd be sprinkling parsley on top of stuff for my own dinner. Like because I like look like I I like it to look nice before I eat it, and you've probably seen me on on Twitter with the rate my plate thing. Like yeah. <laughs> I just some of the like I just think sometimes people would just serve it up like slap you know. So I I, I kind of enjoy that. I That's enjoy actually one of the funniest it. things on Twitter. The other one too is effed up looking food, but let's not go there. Yeah. yeah. So lastly, how important is yeah. drink? I think, like, for me, when I'm doing a dinner party, I like to choose the wine. I Like, I'll have wine, red and white. Um, I'd always start with a bottle of Prosecco when people arrive. And then afterwards, I'd have an after-dinner cocktail. So I might do, like, an espresso martini or a mudslide or something that's a bit, a bit, a bit on the heavier side. Now, yeah. things like Cosmos and things like that are very easy to knock up as well. For me, I used to work in a pub. So I, I, I'd be grand. Um the expectation when I go to other people's houses is I would like wine, I have to admit. <laughs> now, if the person's a non-drinker, that's fair enough. You wouldn't be expecting it. But like, in general, if you have a gang of people and you're going over, you'd expect there you to be red and white wine. on the table. You can't go wrong with yeah. wine. And, if you're, bringing, and, and like if you're going to a dinner party, bring a glass, a bottle of red and a bottle of white and you can't go wrong. Listen, and listen, that's the minimum. Like, you know, for if you're going to someone's house for a dinner party, I'd always say bring a bottle. Um, because it, you know, it'll be unless, of course, again that they're not drinkers. You might bring a bunch, but like even a bunch of flowers. You're 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 standing there. Then you're like, I have to put these now in a vase as well as try and bloody get the dinner together and serve the dinner and that kind of thing. So yeah, the wine G- can be. Jake says there'll be no crap chicken at your dinner party. <laughs> That's it exactly. Oh yeah, totally. And I like I would be, uh, you know, if if someone starts with political stuff or whatever, um, I'd be like, guys, you know. <laughs> We'll stop this conversation now if it's if it's if it gets out of hand. But uh, you know what? Generally speaking, um, yeah. it's crack. You know, you know? I th- I think, uh, and it's maybe for a reason. I, it's a great way to get people together that have kids as well, because they can go out without the husband I, and go over, and you know maybe not have the whole blow dry scenario for the afternoon. They can just come over and now they can get dressed up if they want, and but out. they can be dressed down if they but, want to. You know, the clock has us caught. I, I, after right. the, uh, thanks Mary Jane we'll talk again no problem cheers Glamity Jane well done um, yeah after the news I, I think another great dinner party guest I'll play, I can't do it now but after the news dinner party guest to really start him going would be Roy Keane wouldn't it the lines are live and we're ready to talk can we just talk Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. This is an interesting one has come into us uh, on toys. Hello, Opinion Line. Is there anywhere that will take toys in good condition for Christmas to give to people who need them? I'm assuming... 
toys that your own children may have finished with and are in good nick, clean and working and nothing falling off it or anything like that. I don't know. I know that in the old days, and I'm only talking not today or yesterday, there was a time when you could just take a toy to any charity and they'd take it off you and they'd make sure it was safe. It's not quite so easy to do that now, but if anyone does take old toys in good condition, they can let us know. At 0818969696. That's actually where the beautiful display of teddy bears came from down at the dump um, because they are just such a feature now of the landfill below the teddy bears, hundreds of them and the lads in the hut down there Finbar and his mates in the hut they spend hours decorating the place with the teddy bears and putting the right teddy bear in the right place and it's a lovely display, it's really fantastic where that came from if memory served me right was there was a time when teddy bears in good condition that were brought to the dump could be taken away put into a van washed, sterilised, cleaned etc, etc, etc and then given to needy children but that can't be done now and there was one or two reasons along the way why that can't be done rules change I guess so now when they get a teddy bear at the dump uh, in good condition they put it into the display there's a few there belonging to us it's a fantastic uh, he used to be at the entrance up over the entrance um, a Tasmanian devil a beautiful beautiful Taz like he was enormous and he he was up there but that's what happens to old toys these days they go into displays at the dump but if anyone does take old toys uh, in good condition used toys in good condition then we'll pass on the information 0818 96 96 96 on dinner parties Podrick Pierce and Mary McAleese will be Orla's dream guests uh, Trisha then was saying that Mary Jane is wrong um, it's lovely to, get, to have a couple having a fight it makes for great gossip and when they're gone home you can gossip about them all night and just throw the wine into them and feel good girl Trisha you sound, sounds like your dinner parties would be great crack 0818 96 96 96 here's a fella that could probably start a row in a dark room with his own shadow but he'd make for great crack at a dinner party Trevor Welch, a dream, a dream dinner party guest in, in, in the Welsh household, I would imagine. But Trevor, we're nearly a week into the World Cup now, and he's the most entertaining part of it. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, I mean, he won't be bullied, Roy. Uh, he'll give his opinion, he'll be blunt, he'll call him as he sees it. Uh, you know, he's box office, obviously, you know, whether it's ITV or Sky, PJ, we've seen him in the Premier League on Sky and now in the World Cup. And I know... I've seen a, a tweet there during a week from Joe Brawley saying that, you know, Roy's given out a boat all that's wrong with this World Cup and yet he's out there. But he's out there and he's highlighting it and uh, he does with conviction and uh, he won't be bullied by anyone, which, which is great to see. It's a breath of fresh air to see a pundit like that. And, you know, him going head-to-head with Sunas, who was another one of these tough midfield players, as you know, BJ. Yeah. You know, it, it made for great television and there's more to come, I would imagine. Yeah. Are, are you enjoying it so far, Trev, the World Cup? Um, I tell you... Like, you know, I'm a huge football man. I was fortunate enough to go to two World Cup finals, Peach. I was in Italy in 1990. 
as in USA 94 to watch Roy and Dennis Irwin, two cock lads play. And, you know, it's a summer World Cup. Every World Cup should be summer enjoying it. And you can't have a World Cup mid-season for me. Um, it was given for all the wrong reasons, this World Cup. And I think Seth Blatter, uh, the ex you know, FIFA president has even said now that it's a mistake. I mean, you know, the World Cup has left a bad taste at so many levels, Pete, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, I do think the football, though, some of it has been scintillating. I mean, Mbappe is going to be the star of the World Cup. Um, watch him. I mean, he's obviously France. They're missing three big players in Kante, Pogba and Benzema, but they still have the squad, I think, that will go a long way. Brazil, I enjoy watching Brazil. Spain were terrific. England, to be fair to them, what a squad of players they have. And they were terrific against Iran. And Wales are struggling now against Iran with 53 minutes gone of the match I'm watching now. But you know, I've, I've, I've enjoyed bits of it, but still at the back of your mind, you know there's something wrong with this, with this World Cup. Isn't you know? that a very good way of putting it? I sat down to watch the, the Welsh game the other night and, and I enjoyed the match. But I, I've watched maybe a half an hour here and a half an hour there, but I can't get it out of my head that while we're yeah. enjoying some lovely football and, and some great goals, it yeah. almost feels wrong. Mm. You, you, you would think, PJ, like, that we've come such a long way, you know. Uh, you know, this is 2022, for God's sake. Like, sports should be all about inclusion. And I think that FIFA have a lot to answer for. Um, you know, I'm hearing it's emerging, PJ, that Denmark are to hold talks w- uh, with other countries over the possibility of leaving FIFA, you know, following the govern- bod- governing body's decision in Qatar during the World Cup. And uh, as we said, on so many levels, I mean, you, you know, for players to face sporting sanctions for wearing the one love armband, the yes. sure pulling, disgraceful carry on, like, you know, you know, they, they were encouraged to wear the armbands at the start and then. Uh, to be to be sanctioned, they couldn't wear them. But for me, what do you think of this, PJ? Like I was thinking, if every nation in the World Cup gave their eleven players going to the pitch an armband each, how could they give them all a yellow card, and how could they sanction all of them? So every player to wear the one love armband, and then if they fa- sanction everyone, there'll be no World Cup. But there, there's so, a thing, Trevor. Like I don't know, and you know the rules a hundred times better than I ever will. Is there anything in the rules to justify what FIFA were saying, that there would be a yellow card for someone wearing a, a, a pride armband? Yeah, you're spot on. You hit the nail on the head, PJ, because I'm hearing now that Germany are threatening legal action against the organisation for, you know, what you just said. Like, that is not in written in the law, in their opinion. And there will be a big follow-up after this World Cup. I mean, I'm hearing as well that England and Germany could leave FIFA also. That's, that's a talking point. And, uh, you know, Qatar's treatment of workers, appalling, yeah. the whole, everything about the World Cup uh, off the pitch. Yeah. The players have to get on with it now. And there's play a, there's, a, there's a sour taste in the mouth off the pitch. In, in just one last thing in terms of pride before we move on. Andrew, Andrew Carroll was on to me here during the week and he spotted something and last evening it started to go mainstream. Andy... His life is logos. He's been designing logos since he was a small boy. He spotted Adidas working the pride colours into the warm-up tops and and badges and banners. And that's gone international now, that story. Um, Like, the the companies are getting around it, but there should be no harm in wearing an armband on the pitch. No, definitely not. And you probably heard as well, Pete, that Belgium had a kit band because they had the word love embroidered yes. into the collar of the jersey. I mean, come on. Like, you know, and, and the FIFA president at that moment, Gianni Infantino, you know, he's a Swiss-Italian. He's accused the West of hypocrisy and the way they're reporting the World Cup. And he said this is going to be the greatest World Cup ever. I mean, come on. Like, mm. I don't know. 
it, you know, it's, it's, it's left a very bad taste. How do you think it will pan out when we get to the business end of it, Trevor? Will, will it be the predictables that will come through the groups? I mean, we've had the big shock, Argentina beaten, but you can't see them not qualifying, can you? I think they're up against it. Really. You know, yeah, I think so. And Germany, well, Argentina might squeeze through, but I think Germany could really be up. They have a very tough group, and you know, their defeat um, was uh, was was a big shock. Even though a lot of people did fancy Japan to cause a few upsets, and um, there was some know, upset though. There was there was some upset. Germany, obviously, one of the the big players in, in World Cup football, but I think they will be under pressure. I, like my big four, I put my head in the block, Gage. Brazil, obviously, are the favourites, and you'd have to say they will be at the business end. Uh, France, even though they're missing three of their big players, great squad of players. Spain, for me, will go a long way. And then Portugal stroke England will have a chance of, of reaching the, the last eight, last four. Are, are England good enough to mix it with the Spains, the Brazils and the Frances at the moment, and, and, and Portugal? Yeah, I think they are. Um, like when you see the squad of players, like I know people were saying Iran weren't up to much in the first game, but they're holding Wales here with almost an hour gone and England could have scored 10 against them, you know. They're just frightening an attack. Defensively, there are question marks. Harry Maguire has been a long kind of question mark about him, but he does play better in an England shirt than he has with United, to be fair. Mm. But uh, that could be their Ackley's heel defensively, but midfield very strong. I mean, you look at the players that come on at subs for them in the first match, Ford and Grealish coming on, uh, you know, Dyer, they, they've they've a great squad of players. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they reached semi-finals. I just think they might fall short against maybe yeah. Brazil and France. We had the in previous World Cups, we had extra time and penalties all too often. Can you see mm. that happening when we come to the business end? Yeah, I think we will. The, the, that's where it gets tight and, you know, there wouldn't be much in it between, we'd say, you know, the Spains, Portugal, England, France, Brazil, like there'll be cracking matches when it, when it comes to the knockouts, you know, uh, quarterfinals, semifinals. Um, they'll all be very tight, very hard ones to call. We'll see probably a lot of extra time. Mm. And speaking of extra time, it's great that, you know, in this World Cup, Pete, you've probably seen as well that, you know, we've seen a lot of added time for stoppages. Yeah. And there was like nine and a half minutes played in the, yeah. the Argentina-Saudi game. Yeah. And uh, I think that's good because, you know, you get teams, if they're ahead, obviously they'll, you know, waste time, keep it going down, faking injuries, um, you know, and so on. So the rest is taking all of everything and it is all been added on. That's one good thing that's come out of this one as well, I think. All right. All right, Trev. Ronaldo, of course, there. Um, and mm. it's been a, tr- a turbulent couple of weeks at your beloved United, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, will they, will the, gla- lastly, briefly, will the Glazers sell it? I think they will now at this stage, yeah. Um, there, there's uh, talks of big, big, uh, multi-billion businesses coming in and United are obviously one of the biggest clubs in the world you know um, and I think I think they will sell they'll have to get out I think they're too long anyway and Ronaldo is interesting his interview yesterday was only two minutes and two seconds of me answer two questions which is a quick one before I leave Pige if you yes, don't mind of course. on Ronaldo um, I'm interviewing Dennis Irwin with Everton Football Club in Cork you know he played with Everton Schoolboys and they named the academy, academy after Dennis yeah. the Dennis Irwin Academy so I'm doing it on December 1st up in um the airport hotel, which is a kick of a football away from where he played in the fields behind there where Everton Excellent. as a schoolboy. And he's got Cristiano Ronaldo's last ever jersey signed for the night for an auction. Oh, it's wow. the last jersey he ever wore for United after the Royal Sociedad game. And there's bids coming in for it. Uh, it's online and that'll be a great night for Everton Football Club on Thursday, 1st of December. And Trevor, when are we back with Premier League Live, mate? Yeah, we're back on Stephen's Day. We will be in it some Monday, isn't it, Chad? And we will be in on the Monday for a full... 
uh, Premier League uh, day and uh, really looking forward to it. I, I'm missing it, I have to say, Paige, and right. I'd love to be commentating in this World Cup, but, you know, uh, obviously or have it over Virgin Media, but we do, Virgin Media do have the qualifiers for the next World Cup, which is great. All right, fella, we'll talk again soon. Trevor, enjoy the World Cup. I know as a football fan you're enjoying the World Cup, but it feels wrong. It certainly does, but Trevor Welch, uh, from the score and from Premier League Live, thanks, just catch up on the World Cup. And we mentioned Roy Keane being outspoken about the World Cup and outspoken about the fact of it is where it is. It is in Qatar. Here's what he was saying. And people are saying, well, you're there, Roy. He's there to do a job and he's calling out what he sees in front of him. Other punters will take the money and just take the money, say what they need to say and go home. Not our Roy. He'll take the money and he'll say what he wants to say. And then he'll go home. Good on you, fella. Copacabana Beach is located in which city? Real. And what singer had a 90s hit with Cornflake Girl? Never was a cornflake girl. Kellogg's. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning. Get into gear for 2023 with No DC Cars Blackpool. Skoda's sales dealer of the year. Open 24-7 at NoDC.com. Cork's 96 just on that question about toys and used toys, a few people telling us St. Vincent de Paul uh, do take toys and advertise on Facebook. So get in touch with them and, and, and see where you take that one. 0818 96 96 96, staying with the World Cup and the uncomfortable situation regarding the World Cup and the location of it, as Roy Keane says it shouldn't be there, but it is and it's ongoing and you watch it kind of thinking, should I really be watching this because of where it is happening? Kevin Conlon is with Cork Rebels FC, which is an LGBTQ plus uh, football club. Uh, Kevin, I know you're all soccer mad and you're probably watching it, but do you feel a bit a bit off when you are watching it? Good morning. Good morning. Um, I think you're dead right in saying, you know, we're we're watching it and thinking should we be watching it. And I think for our members, you know, it, it's a bit different for everyone, obviously. Some of our members wouldn't be from Ireland. They'd be from Brazil or Spain or other places like that. And, you know, it's very different when your own country is involved. But I think a lot of us are certainly not enjoying it. I think it's the fairest way of putting it. Mm. When it was announced it was going there and so much was changing, I mean, the move to wintertime and all of that and then I think we didn't is it fair to say Kevin we didn't know as much about the regime in Qatar until we knew it was going there and then the more we learnt the less we liked yeah I think that definitely as it went on you know things came to light that were, were very unsettled lots of different people I mean whatever about LGBT rights there's a significant number of migrant workers who have had horrible working conditions and I think about 6,500 deaths related right. to building the stadia so you know that's horrifying when you think about it I think there were three deaths related to the Russian stadiums being built so that's horrifying in and of itself but certainly at the time I, I think people were just kind of amused that Qatar had won the World Cup and how it was going to be held in, in summer which obviously it hasn't been but as, as this World Cup has gone on it's just kind of become less about the football every day Mm. Trevor was very critical of, of FIFA in the way that they have 
clamped down on anyone trying to stand up for the pride movement with badges or shoelaces or or, or um, armbands and this idea that if you wear an armband onto the pitch you can get a yellow card there's nothing in the rules about that how have you felt watching that i mean it's 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 difficult because i mean you know it starts off with with small things like there was definitely going to be beer available in the stadium and now there definitely isn't yeah. and then you think back to the promises about how all fans would be welcome and would be safe and what happens if that changes you know are there people's safety going to be at risk it's a little disheartening to see all of the clamping down i suppose it's it's encouraging that it makes the topic of lgbt lgbt rights um foremost and, and prominent when the World Cup is being discussed um, but it is disheartening that an armband can be so offensive as to change the rules. Mm, I thought. And you know what, isn't it sad that in 2022 that a debate about something like LGBT rights is, is, is the talking point of a World Cup because of the regime in, which, in the country in which it's being, it's being held. It must, is it upsetting yeah, it, it it is. I mean, like we're we're an LGBT football club. All we want to do is enjoy the football, and you know, especially when I know Ireland aren't in it. Um, but we have lots of members whose countries are in it, and we want to be able to enjoy when they're playing and, and support them. But it just keeps coming back to the fact that it's it's a, in a regime where if any of us were actually over there, we wouldn't be safe, and and that is very upsetting. Like World Cup is special; it's only mm. every four years, and yet. This time around, it's it's basically not happening because we can't enjoy it. And there's a thing. It's not that it's frowned upon. It's not just that it's not legal. You actually could be in danger to be over there as as a gay man or or a woman. Exactly. Yeah. And and then I suppose what can be disheartening as well. I know Alex Scott, the um, former England international and the BBC uh, presenter. She wore a rainbow armband when she was presenting. Um, very bravely and then if you look at the comments mm-hmm. online they're all about oh why can't we just talk about the football make this about the football why does this always have to be an issue but it's easy to say when you're yeah I, I get I, that, that involved yeah yeah, that, that line is breaking up just lastly and briefly uh, what are Cork, Re- Cork Rebels FC up to at the moment I I, I missed that. Sorry. Yeah, well, uh, the line sorry. the line is, is inclined to play ball or not play ball with us here rather. What is the club up to at the moment? Nah, it's gone. The line's gone. Unfortunately, we'll come back to it another time. Maybe we'll talk again before the the end of the World Cup, and we will get some details off here from what they're up to. But thank you, Kevin. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Come back to two things that were up earlier on. Um. The Christmas songs, yes, there's another one coming. The Christmas songs and dinner parties. We got this WhatsApp message a little while back. Morning, PJ. Adam, the truck driver here. Hope all is well with you. One, Christmas songs. Keep them coming like that. I have a three-year-old here in the back seat with me. He is loving it also. He's shaking his hands all around the place to shake his evens. <laughs> the two people that I would have to uh, my dinner if I could would be uh, two people that have passed now number one would be Michael Collins himself he is my hero and number two would be Freddie Mercury from Queen he is also one of my heroes as I play music myself so I kind of grew up listening to Queen they'd be my two thanks PJ
Cheers. I like that, yeah. Freddie Mercury, very popular dinner guest, actually. And the Queen, Liz, very popular dinner guest. We'll take a few more suggestions before quitting time at 12. Your two ideal dinner guests, dead or alive, fictional or real, male or female, whatever. 0818 96 96 96. Right, the Cork Rebels, they train on Saturday at 12 in the Block Community Centre and on Wednesdays at 7 in the Glen Sports Centre. Anybody welcome, but send them a Facebook or Instagram message just so they know to expect you. Sometimes they need to cancel because of weather and stuff like that. So look at them up on Facebook and take it from there, I guess. 0818 96 96 96. Now, back in July when I was on holidays, uh, Fiona was here at the time talking about Mothers and Others, GAA. These are ladies' football teams made up of, as the same as the name suggests, Mothers and others, and she was speaking to Anna Barrett from one of the clubs in Keelan and Mila and at the time we were thinking this will go places um, now last year there were only six mothers and others clubs in the whole country, now there are an awful lot more, we've quite a number in Cork the, the Mila Moos, I love that the Carrie Tool Cougars St Nick's there's a club in Rathcormark and a club in Ballyno and now there's one in Grenada. Uh, Geraldine, you're a member of that club in Grenada. Tell me, first of all, about uh, Mothers and Others. Morning. Good morning, PJ. So basically, it's for women over 25 that, that want to play football or that haven't played football. You know, it's more of a social gathering than more of a competitive game as such. Like in September here in Grenada, Brona, O'Flynn Green and Sinead Dorgan came up with the idea and they started it. Now, unfortunately, I don't play, but I do the admin side of it. At the moment, we have 38 ladies training above in Grenada on a Friday night. Now, this is a nationwide thing. I was looking at the brochure. It's a big operation within the GA. Like last year, I suppose there was only a couple of teams, and now you're talking maybe approximately 20 teams in Cork. And really? there's one setting up nearly, I suppose, every couple of weeks. There's a few more after setting up now as well as us. Yeah. And you have the ones that are there before, like Dunamore now is set up there and you have Newmarket as well. They're all fierce interest. And all it takes is a desire to play. There's no pressure on anyone. Some of the ladies just do the training. Mm. They don't do the matches. And look, there's no pressure. We have Stephen Moriarty's our coach. He's taken on us, in fairness to him. You know, without him, we'd be lost. But like, we started, we had nothing. We'd absolutely nothing. We had in footballs. We were borrowing. In fairness, now we had Jason Galway there. He's a painter decorator. He donated footballs to us. Yeah. Then there, just last week, we had a table quiz in the village in Grenada. Right. Fierce success. It was to fund so we could get bibs, footballs, jerseys. In fairness, now Sean in the village in has come forward and uh, and he is going to sponsor our jerseys for it. Excellent. It, it's it's non-competitive. Yeah. It's the focus is on fun, isn't it? It's a bit of crack, and like we're hoping down the road that maybe not next year coming, but the year after that we'll run a blitz and you know we'll run it for charity. Like uh, Newmarket did one there for Cuh there in October. Right. And it was fantastic. It was a back over in Bantir and Dasterhof, and it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. We had a great day. It was our first day out. I think we might have got one score. We lost the four games, but everyone had great crack. It's it's played on a, a smaller pitch, is it? Or do you divide up the big pitch yeah, into small it's, pitches? It's 11 aside. You can play nine aside as well. 
So normally it's 11. Um, obviously, if the other team are short, yeah. you'll just go nine aside. The pitch is smaller. There's no 45s. Yeah. Um, whoever is fouled as such takes the free. Um, so it's kind of, and it's not, I suppose, as physical as a football game. Yeah. Is it? Is it as simple as you said, nine aside, 11 aside? Is it a case of how many turn up, we divide them in two? Like when we were doing the blitz now, we had, I think we had about 15 went. Right. Like it's four matches. So like everyone got to go. Everyone, and that's the thing, everyone gets a go anyway. Right. You know, it's nice. It's nice for everyone to have a go and enjoy it. Friday night is training night. So what do you do on a Friday? Friday night, so we normally train at Corpus 8 to Corpus 9 above the Astrotroph in Granada. This week the toy show's on, so obviously there's a few mammies there that have kids that will want to watch it. So we change the training. It's for an hour. Rain, sun, cold, whatever, we'll be up there. Like that. It's you know what? It's great. Just for an hour to get out, get out of the house. I would know maybe I only know two or three of these girls, and now I know thirty-eight of them. Met girls I used to work with years ago. Wouldn't have known they were living here. What kind of crowd would turn up? Last week, no, we had twenty-five training. So you know, and like I know some ladies are walking and they have kids and stuff. So like you could have anything. You could have thirty-eight on a good and brilliant night. Or you may have 15 on another night. But there's no pressure like on anyone to turn up. This group of ladies are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I couldn't meet a better bunch. Would they come from gay families? Some of them would. Some of them have never played football before. There's some from Bween, there's some from Burnford, there's some from Blarney playing with us. Like, I mean, we're open to, t- you know, if anyone is interested yes. we're, to come along, we're having a ball. I was reading you the know. brochure the official brochure, and it's a kind of a case of if you want to do it, there'll be a local club will help you to do it. And there's a... Like, it is well-structured. It's it's not as random as it sounds. It's structured within the... Uh, within the association and there's assistance and administration. There's, there's, there's a little... Is there a cost involved to play then, Geraldine? So I look after that part of it. It's through AIG insurance. Then you get a group insurance. So it's 15 euros for the year right. per person. And then you have to join the GA Fern part of it, which is 15 euros for the mothers and others. So you could say 30 euros for a year, for the which year. isn't bad. Like Yeah, yeah. And when you play then in a, in a blitz or something, is there a charge there? There's an entry fee. So when we were back in Newmarket, it was 50 euros. Right. Now that all goes to charity. That's for the team yeah. then. Yeah, 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 just into the team. I think there was 10 teams that day now. So, and then they go around with buckets and then they have a kind of a, a bit of a competition at the end to who can kick the ball into the barrel and there was 100 euro <laughs> up for grabs. <laughs> Yeah. So we have to practice on that. We weren't we weren't too good at it, but look, we'll we'll practice. And, a, you know, of, girls love it. There's a bit of skill in that, like. Yeah, we won the girls. I think she hit the top of the barrel three times. <laughs> it's all a bit of crack, yeah. and it's great because it's nice to see. Instead of going to see the kids playing, you're actually going to see you know your friend or you know the kids. Like the kids will be watching the training above, like and their mams are training. It's I suppose it's different, like. But look, enjoy standing there watching it and roaring at them and. You, you don't play yourself, no? Do, do you ever wish you could run out and have a kick about? <laughs> yeah, I used to play, um, I used to play camogie with Inniscarra. Right. And I used to play a bit of football in school in Courtford and I used to play with Dunamore. Um, so, yeah, I loved it. But look, unfortunately, I can't play. But look, I still get to be involved. Yes. Coming up to Christmas, so will there be events on, blitzes? What will happen up around the Christmas time? You know, the GA always does little things, tournaments here and there. We're trying to kind of, I suppose reach out to other mothers and others that have only started like right. us to maybe have a match 
it's so we're kind of there's a Facebook page for mothers and others at the Gaelic for mothers and others so you know I've sent a few messages so I'm hoping we get a few back now there's a few mm. be- good teams but we'll have to do a bit of training yet to kind of take them on yeah. <laughs> there's a bit of fun but there's so, a small bit of competitiveness think, there I'm, as well I'm thinking from, from this conversation could germinate the mothers and others Christmas Christmas special or mothers and others Christmas blitz or something like December is busy for yeah. a lot of them so it'll probably be January now oh, before yeah. we'll we might try and get a match in before it, but it'll probably more January when everything is kind of calmed down for Christmas yes yes and I I think last year the Blitz there they actually had a Blitz in Mallow and they had a Blitz then in September in Dublin that was the National Blitz oh. so like we missed all that but we'll we'll, we'll be ready for it <laughs> come 2023 right well good luck with it all and good luck with the future of it I, I was reading into it uh, before I was chatting when I knew I'd be going to chat to you and it's a fabulous concept fabulous idea mothers and others thanks Geraldine take care and PJ before you go can I say hello to my mum because she always listens to you <laughs> What's mum's ma- uh, ma- name? Maddie, so Eileen, she, lo- she loves your programme, so I said I'd mention it at the end. But look, thanks for having us. And if, if you want to come out to Granada any night we're training, you're more than welcome to meet all the girls. Cheers, Geraldine. Thank you. OK, thanks a million, PJ. Cheers, Geraldine Healy. Uh, I might do that. You never know. I- I'll wait till the weather's a bit better and a bit warmer, but I might. I might be found out there some Friday night in the springtime. I have a funny feeling they'd entertain me well. 0818 96 96 96. Morris is wondering why I don't do my own toy show on the radio with some children. Ask them what, ask them what they're getting. Morris, don't be giving Fergal Barry ideas, will you, for God's sake? We're Kim. And I'm Courtney. As chief influencers of the city of Cork. With loads of followers. It is our job to tell you that you are all invited to the Royal Cork Ball at the Everyman. Hold on. Everyone is invited. Does that mean Cinderella is going? Oh, yes, she is. Oh, no, she's not. Oh, yes, she is. Cork's 96FM presents Cinderella from December 3rd. The ultimate panto experience with sensational singing, dancing and non-stop laughter. See everymancork.com. Book your tickets now for Cinderella. The Everyman Panto. It's for everyone. With Cork's 96FM. Now, I don't know what you'll be doing tomorrow night. It'll be toy show night tonight, but I don't know what you're doing tomorrow night. I, for one, am heading off to one of my favourite events of the year. I'm honoured once again to be co-hosting the Cork Business Awards and be sharing the stage with Miriam O'Callaghan and we're down at the Silver Springs Convention Centre with the great and the good uh, of Cork business and, and Cork life in general. Michael Mulcahy of Business Cork joins me. As well as the Business Awards themselves, Michael, you have some very special ones this year which you wanted to, to flag to us. Good morning. Morning, PJ. Yes, we do. We've uh, added to the 17th annual um, Business Awards this year, and we've included the Spirit of Cork Award. The Spirit of Cork Award has only been given out uh, four times in the last 20 years, and uh, tomorrow evening the Ben Haffa boys are receiving the award. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Edward Kiley of Great Ormond Street received it before. The late Bilo Hurley, Paddy O'Brien has received it, and Bishop uh, Paul Colton has received it. So the boys are getting it for their inspirational spirit um, and for their sporting um, abilities and really for just being 
uh, so positive about life when they have so many little things going on in their own lives. We have a new award called the Heart of Cork Award, which is specifically for uh, Cork Penny Dinners. Mm -hmm. And they're going to give that award every year to somebody who has been really good to them. They choose the person themselves and they'll be announcing that person at the event tomorrow night who will be there uh, as well to receive the award. Um, A number of other awards like the Anniversary Awards. Many businesses, you know, in Cork celebrate milestones. And we never honour them. For example, the Metropole are 125 years old this year. And the business community doesn't do anything uh, to to recognise that. The businesses do it themselves. But I think, you know, we felt that the business community should do it. Michelle Jeweller, 60 years in business. Pat O'Connell of K. O'Connell, 60 years in business. Yeah. Catherine Mahan Buckley of CADA and the Panto in the Everyman, 35 years. The Everyman themselves, 125 years and lots more. So we're honouring all those businesses tomorrow evening and just saying you know thanks for what you do creating employment creating positivity doing what you do and keeping your business open because it has been difficult for the last couple of years for all of us in business and we have a full house tomorrow evening and it's about just saying thank you to the business community thank you to the people um and thank you to everybody who's involved in any aspect of business whether you're an employee or an employer it's it's about us just doing something that raises again the spirit of of cork we have the minister uh, of public expenditure and reform michael mcgrath as the keynote speaker lord mayor will be in attendance so it's a full house um but it's just about saying thanks and just about honoring people and businesses and and special people in cork life who have done something that we should really uh, always say thanks for what you do Michael, I'll leave it there, short and sweet. We'll see you tomorrow night for a great event at Cork Business Awards at the Silverton Convention Centre. Thank you, Michael McKay of Business Cork. We don't have a whole pile of time. It is late, late toy show tonight, and you'll enjoy it. Ryan Tuberty is saying, fill the kids with jellies and sweets. He himself, as far as I know, is tucking into kilograms of Haribo for his lunch because he will be the original... Duracell bunny on a sugar high for the entire night as he jumps around the studio for the the Late Late Toy Show and there are loads of acts and artists and kids and performers and fun uh, tonight for that Uh, so enjoy and while you're doing it the parents can fill in a, a little Bingo card Okay. Is he there yet lads? Ronan Leonard has been known for putting together bingo and he's got a little cheeky bingo card for the parents tonight. So let's look on that bingo card. It's Dustin Zagerzag, mention of Ukraine, the toy doesn't work, the child doesn't like the toy, Ryan talks about books, Ryan can't work with the toy, Ryan changes his clothes. <laughs> I think most of these will check in at some stage at Rother Ronan Leonard. Good morning. What are you at, you mischievous devil? Good morning, uh, PJ. It almost sounds like a spoiler alert. It's like we've given away the toy show. But, uh, <laughs> uh, We're all yeah, so it made what it... celebrity will turn up tonight? Hmm. Uh, well, I suppose, um, I assume uh, Joanne McNally, who seems to be the queen of everywhere, will turn up in, in some way, I hope. But, um, yeah, no, I've made hundreds of the, the, the bingo cards so just people can download two or eight or 28 um i i you know i see the orders coming in i I say order they're free and there's huge amounts being taken by some people uh so i don't know if they're maybe working in 
I don't know, hospitals or bars or something, but uh, they're for everyone to play along with. It's, it's real good fun. Fantastic. And there's money as well you can donate Oh, well, yeah, that's just the way my website works. There's just a, a permanent, there's a permanent donate button uh, just to help me run the site and stuff. But I, I, I consider it a free thing for people to take. Um, and it's for the fun of it. And so that when the kids oh, exactly. are bouncing around the room watching the toy show, the adults can sit there and go, yeah, that's that box take, that's that box take, that's box, pass the Baileys, that's oh. box. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I don't know if you remember, PJ, but kids get competitive too. As long as there's something up for, for grabs, like I, I suggest people make up their own prizes, which is usually, um, you know, I, whoever wins doesn't have to make the tea or whatever. Yeah. But uh, it's just really good, simple fun. As I say, sometimes I do things for charity. Sometimes I do things commercially, but this is just about the crack. Okay, where can people get the cards? Well, uh, I think uh, the 96FM Twitter account is going to tweet it right now, we and that's probably indeed. the easiest way to get it. So yeah, just go to the 96FM the Twitter account. Twitter. Yeah, the opinion yep. line Twitter, yeah. and we've shared that. The opinion line, of course. And, yeah. ha- and have fun with it. Ronan, have a good one. I, I wish I had more time to talk about the bingo, but I don't, unfortunately, because we need to do a Christmas song to finish up. Thank you, uh, Ronan Leonard. Lots of love for mothers and others, which we might push into Monday. Some more of your dinner guests, Michael Michal Martin and brother Kevin. What a fascinating conversation that would be. Jeffrey Archer and Kenny Dalgleish. Someone left their backpack with a laptop in a Tesco car park. They must have thought my car was there, theirs, and I forgot to lock it. The backpack is now with the staff in Tesco's. That's a strange one. But if you left a backpack in the wrong car, in in a Tesco's. It's all right, panic not. Go back to the Tesco's. They have it for you. Um, Oh, yeah, don't forget Dane Splunk. That young chap, Hunter, is finishing up his daily swims next week. Uh, But he's continuing to raise funds for his school, Little Grail School. They've raised loads more than they ever set out to do. All right. And that's it. We're as busy as the toy show. Programme today edited by Fergal Barry, produced and researched by Richard Vickery.